expected to grow. So we want to talk about this evidence of progress in our lives. I know that sometimes uh, um, uh, some people don't want to grow up, you know, and uh, um, they just want to be uh, taken care, right? Um, And uh, um, let's do some vocal exercise this morning because this is a good day. So I'll start with the men. Uh, you can follow me and say the word mama. Can you say mama? mama. Oh, I didn't hear. Can you say mama? mama? All right. Let's go to the ladies and let's do some vocal exercise. Ladies, you ready? Okay. Can you say, I'm not your mama? <laughs> no, I wanted you to say it. All right. So don't turn to your, don't turn to anyone. If your husband is sitting by your side, okay, don't turn to him, don't look at him. But can you say, I'm not your mama? mama. Yeah, you know, but uh, you married like a mama's boy, right? And they never grow up. So like uh, my wife has two sons and a big son. (laughs) And my mother does this, my mother cooked this thing for me. My mother do this, my mother do this, right? My mother do the laundry. This is what my mother... I want you to turn to them and say, I'm not your mama. All right? You can say that, yes. Uh, spiritual formation. Some men don't want to grow up. They just want to be mama's boy. And uh, we can see that in our spiritual life in the church. Some men, some women never grow up. They have been as they were since the first time they met the Lord and they came in here. So today I want to talk about that. I want to talk about our life and then I will connect it with my daily life to see how practical that is. So the letter that uh, Paul wrote to Timothy at the end of his time, he's, he's probably, he doesn't have much time and he wants to write to his son some important letters. And this is what he said in First Timothy 4. I'm going to read from 13 and I'll read it for you. Till I come, give attention to reading. Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, and to doctrine. Continue. 14. Do not neglect, neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying of the hands of the eldership. Now in 15, it says... Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Your progress may be evident evident to all. And 16, take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Okay? Both yourself and those who who hear you. One of the great things, or the, the blessings that we have in this church, well, last year was that 77% of our regular attenders were involved in a live group. See? Now, so when we talk about the, the live group, it's not just showing up one time. Right? These are people, attenders, that have involved in two trimesters. So that means they have been with the church for six months in a life group. Okay? And this is impressive number. 
because we are close to being one percentile in America that have this much of life growth. If you're at 80%, it means you're in one percentile. You're doing great. And we had this great growth this year. Our goal target was to have 67% involved. Uh, We did exponentially great. And 77% were uh, uh, in the live group. And our family live minister, uh, Margaret, uh, we did a great job. So we'll give her a big hand on that, right? Um, At one point, if we just take one trimester, we had 127% were involved in the live group. 223 people attended one trimester. That's, that's who you are. And the point of live groups and small groups is for spiritual formation. Right? It is to grow. We all want to grow. How many of you don't want to grow? Oh, I saw a hand by mistake. <laughs> I tricked you, right? So this is what I learned. This is one of the things, uh, uh, I call it dubs formation, right? So uh, we, want to, we want to go higher and we want to grow wider. I mean, we want to expand our territory and we want to climb the ladder of success, right? But this is what I learned, that if we take care of the depth, then God will take care of the width and the height. And this is how I live. I try to live like this. I remember these things that I should, I should spend more time connecting to God, reading the Word of God and praying and meditating on the things that God has given to me and live the success and the expansion of the territory to Him. Because it is easier for me to pursue the height and the width When you got up this morning or this week, you had so many choices, right? You are faced with choices. And the choices is like, uh, uh, should I buy this clothes or this one? Should I have this job or this job? Should I quit working? Uh, Should I align with this company? Where do I invest my stocks? Should I end my marriage? Should I date this girl? Should I marry this girl? What courses should I date? It's just all kinds of choices. What business decisions should I make? Which church should I go? Choices. Choices are coming after you, right? But for you to grow, for you to be the person that God intended to be, for you to be satisfied with who you are, and to be satisfied with what you do, So you're satisfied with your accomplishment and to be satisfied with who you are, your present state of life. You have to understand why God created you and the purpose that God has for you. And I want to talk about this thing. Three things about spiritual formation. See, Jesus is the starting point of spiritual formation. And the Holy Spirit gives His power to engage in spiritual discipline and practices. So spiritual exercise is required for spiritual formation. 
So I work on growing a deeper relationship with God, and I lift the width and the height of my ministry to God. You have to have a constant in your life with all the choices that you have in your life. If you're not practicing the constant, consistently, things that are good, things that will bring you success in your life, then you are going to flow with the tide. You go to and fro like a child. You will never grow up. You will be easily swayed by the things that comes to you. And so you have no balance in your life. You have no satisfaction in what you do, what you do and you question your accomplishment and your existence itself here on earth because you're not taking care of the constant. You're not taking care of the constant. You're not practicing things that should be constant. But you are swayed by the choices that the world offers to you. See, God wants us to grow. Jesus is the starting point of spiritual formation. God wants us to grow, and growth is from God. When you read Colossians chapter 2, verse 19, God wants us to grow and increase, and growth comes from God. So God is constant. See, your choice is not constant. But God is constant. If you stick to the Lord, you will make a wise decision on your business, on your job, on your life partner, on your marriage, and so forth, on your finances. Because God is constant. Out of Him come wisdom and knowledge for you to be successful, to grow in your life. So what happens during the week? For example, and when I get up in the morning... Um, my daughter is sitting at the dining table and she says daddy I'm ready for breakfast right and she's waiting there so I can serve her breakfast so I go and serve her breakfast because she's a baby I don't get offended that she's asking for breakfast and waiting there to be served because she can't do that on her own right uh, I did the same thing for my two sons. I, you know, when they were young, I make them breakfast and they get, let's get ready to go. So sometimes now maybe Ray, one of my older ones, sitting at the breakfast and I'm busy doing a lot of things. I say, hey, daddy, I'm ready for breakfast. I may say to him, oh, go get it yourself, right? Because he is able to do that. I expected him to grow. Not that I don't want to serve him. See, life is a progress. Then I get up and I drop them to school. It's a daily routine. I take them to school so they get education in a day, in the morning. Because I want them to grow. Growth is a natural progression of life. God expects us to grow. I want them to grow mentally, emotionally, and physically. God wants us to grow. What are you doing about your growth? Is your spiritual life growing? Or are you like a baby constantly waiting for the milk? So you will just drink milk all your life. Growing is a lifelong journey. See, this spiritual formation is not a one-time thing. It's not like you go to a foundational course, crash course, and you've, been, you've done this like one-week crash course on spiritual formation, and you're, that's it. You're set for life. No. 
It's daily. It's daily thing. It's daily. You do it again. I make breakfast for my for my for my daughter daily. It's not just a one-time deal. Oh, my responsibility as a father is done. I just made one breakfast for her. Finally, hallelujah, I'm done, right? It's a daily thing. I take my kids to school daily. It's my responsibility. They can't drive yet. It's a lifelong journey. Paul talks about this in Philippians chapter 3. Not that I have attained it, but I press on. I press on forward that I may attain it. See? I continue to press on that I may attain it. It's a journey. There is no destination. You're not going to get there. It's like, yeah, I finally made it. My spiritual formation is over. I peaked. This is it. I'm in cruise control now, right? You don't peak. You keep going. Because the destination of spiritual formation is to become like Christ. To mature like Christ. We are to become like Christ. We are to grow into Him. When I grow up. Right? We say, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, in the church, in the kingdom of God, we want to grow up like Christ. We want to grow into Him. And that is a spiritual formation there. I want to grow up to a point where my daughter is knowing how to make breakfast on her own. That my son knows how to prepare a meal, lunch and dinner. My two sons. So what do I do? I don't just cook meal. By the way, I, cre- I cook great meal for my family because I know what their taste is, right? So I, I do great butter chicken, right? Yes. And my wife loves it. My two sons loves it. My daughter loves it. I just know their taste so I can make it. For, I don't know how to make it for others, but for my family, I'm, I'm great. I do great things for them. So now, uh, I call Ray and say, Ray, I'm going to teach you how to do a butter chicken. And so I taught him how to make butter chicken. And then I went on to Shim and said, Shim, I'm going, to make, I'm going to let you know how to make a butter chicken. So he knows how to make butter chicken. He knows how to cook rice. He knows how to make butter chicken. They know how to make noodles, right? They're good for college life. <laughs> that's my goal. So I, I, I do that thing. See, that's spiritual formation. You know, I just say, oh, go and make butter chicken. I don't do that. I stand with them. I help cut the onion, right? How to peel the onion? Cut it, cut the onion. How to peel the garlic? How to clean the chicken? And then how to add the oil and the spices together? What will go first? What will go later? What butter you should add? You know, the yogurt that you add? When to put the chicken? What should be the temperature? How much water? A lot of things go into it. That's our spiritual life. How are we doing that? Are you doing that to somebody that is coming here to the church? Or it's easy for me to shout and yell from here and say, Hey, grow up spiritually. It's time to grow up. Very easy to do that. Is that helpful? It's not going to be helpful. Somebody has to walk. 
with you all the time. See, when emotions and feelings drive our walk with God, our spiritual tires will eventually be deflated. Okay? Because if your walk with God is based on your emotions and feelings, so, yeah, Sunday morning you got up this morning and you feel great. So you come here and people are waiting outside at the door to greet you. How are you? God is great. Why? Because your feeling is great, right? Your emotion is great. And in the evening, we meet you at the department store or shopping somewhere. And say, How are you doing? I'm so depressed. What happened between that time? Our walk is based on emotions and feelings. Our Christian walk should be what? Grounded in the Word of God. Christ-centered and spirit-driven. If, you, if your life is spirit-driven, Christ-centered and word-grounded, then circumstances are not dictating your spiritual walk with the Lord. So even when things are not going right, you show up. You show up. Even when you don't want to worship and you feel dry, you worship. It's like the muscle memory. Right? Motor. Motor skill. You have trained your muscle, muscle so much that your brain knows what to do. It's in the memory. It's in the brain. It's your spiritual brain knows what to do. Because you have practiced constantly to worship God. That you worship the Lord God when things are not going right. When my mother-in-law died. By the way, um, that's the person that my wife has. One person in the world, right? It's the mother because she doesn't have a father. She has no siblings. So when my mother-in-law died, it was very hard for my wife. It was hard for me too, but I can't imagine what it was like for her. And I'm thinking, okay, she has one person in the entire world, and God, what's going on? And so, like on a Sunday when she comes to worship, she doesn't feel it. She's hurting. She has the loss. She's angry. She's bitter in the beginning. She doesn't understand what's going on. But she still worships. She still come and teach. She still take care of the youth and the children. You persevere even when you don't understand. Because it's not, the walk is not driven by emotions and feelings. It is spirit driven. It is word focused. It is Christ centered. Are you with me? See, that's spiritual formation. So when you get a bonus, you feel like coming worshiping God here. And when they laid you off, you don't want to come. Because your walk is based on your emotions and your feelings. The Holy Spirit gives power to engage in spiritual discipline and spiritual practices. That's why Paul is saying, be attentive and keep stirring the gift, right? 1 Corinthians 1, 6, uh, 1 Timothy, I mean. Stirring the gift. Actually, it's 2 Timothy. Uh, and uh, now, let's go back to our daily activity in a day. So when 
when I'm making this uh, butter chicken, right? Um, so when you add the spices, and if you just add the spices and keep it in one place and don't do anything, how good the spice may be, uh, it can become bad. You know why? Because it can get burned. Okay? And when it's burned, it's not good. So what you do is when you add all the spices, what do you do? You stir it. So the spices are mixed with everything, right? So it doesn't get burned. So the flavor is spread on all the curry, right? And to those who smell it, it's pleasant. It's not burning. To those who eat it, it's delicious. Even your gifts. If you just give it to yourself and don't do anything about it, there will be no flavor, no aroma. People may not know how good your gift is. They will not taste and see the goodness of God through your gifts and talents. You got to stir it. That the aroma is good and pleasant to those who smell it. It's tasty to those who received the ministry. And they can give glory to God and say, Oh wow, that was a great gift. You got to stir your gifts. You got to keep stirring your gifts so the flavors is rich to those in that pot and outside who are passing by and looking at you. We have 50 volunteers at the Family Life Ministry. These 50 volunteers... If they were not there, it would be very hard for us to run a family life ministry. But they go there and they stir their gifts as well as the gifts of the kids. They're identifying whose kid is, what is their strong point, what are they shaped at. That's where the Holy Spirit is working right now. Even as we talk, it's working right now. And they are stirring and stirring so that the flavor is reached. And they're matured. And when it's ready to be served, it's pleasant and it's tasty and delicious. Right? We got to stir their gifts. Ten liters. Uh, my wife and I, I can just count quickly this, you know, that we have, uh, we have uh, recruited ten new leaders since we came here. For example, uh, I went out to uh, a young couple uh, like Derek and Cherries, and say, hey, Derek and Cherries, uh, you guys are pretty awesome, intelligent, skilled, and you have lots of experience in the world. You're smart. You went to great school like Stanford, I, you know. Uh, how about you mentor the youth? And say, yeah, we'll do it. They're being a youth mentor. You know, there was a guy named William. I don't know how many of you know. You know, he's quiet. He's very quiet and but I saw his faith and his word and rooted in the word. And they said, you know, this guy will be a great mentor. And I said, hey, William, do you want to shadow somebody to become a mentor? Well, long story short, he is a mentor now and he is leading a life group. Right? Look at Jonathan, how he is shaping many young families, our, our youth pastor, outside and inside the church. This is stirring the gift by laying on hands on them and praying for them. You know, my wife came and recruited you, many of you, young couples that are here. Whether it's the tunnels or the, the cokers or 
the sings, you know, or uh, uh, or Rita, or you know, passions. Uh, there are many couples that are here. The Wongs. Look, can you teach the children? Can you run a, a class? So we can stir to give of one another. That's spiritual formation. Sharon is having an intern. Kevin is our intern. And Kevin, uh, Sharon had two interns already. One was Camille. And we have had four interns in two years at our church. Why? Because we want to stir the gifts of these young people. The, they may lead and their life will be pleasing to God. Right? And how does this happen? Because all of us are here caring about people's lives and caring about the kingdom of God and you're giving your time, talent, and resources so we can do this together. Santa Clara First Baptist Church, you're doing a great job. I want to applaud you for what you're doing. Yes. So the Holy Spirit gives power to engage in spiritual discipline and spiritual practices. Do not neglect and reject the gift and the calling. Don't reject the gifts that God has given to you. Don't let it be burned. Because if the temperature, the flame, that you're cooking the curry, is hot and you're not stirring anything, what will happen at the bottom? It'll get burned. And it burns from the bottom and up. Uh, You can't eat the food when it's burned. It's nasty, it's bitter, it's black, whatever, right? And all you do is you take the whole thing and dump it in the trash bin. Do not neglect or reject the gifts. And God has given a lot of good leaders in this church. And I want to lift them up today so you can pray for them. We don't talk enough about our leaders. And I want to take a few minutes to talk about our leaders that you have called and appointed. Uh, That is Jonathan Fung, right? He's the youth pastor. He's a professor. He might have a PhD, I think, somewhere. And he teaches at San Jose State. And he teaches at Art Institute of San Francisco. Not only that, but he's a coach. He's a coach, basketball coach at Notre Dame High School. He was a coach at the um, Christian school in San Jose. You know, not only that, but he is a film producer and a director. Right? He has so many great qualities. The only thing I have to watch out is that he takes credit for my good preaching. (laughs) Because somebody went up to him and said, Thank you, Pastor, for a great sermon, right? How can people mistake him for me? I mean, I have such good look. (laughs) But he's doing an awesome job at the youth. In fact, the youth ministry grew this year, so I want to give a big hand to Jonathan. Yeah. So pray for him that he will shape the lives of other people. And then uh, this, uh, there's a, 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 here a lady. Her name is Sharon, Sharon Sintas. Right? She's a worship leader. A mammographer. Works at Good Samaritan Hospital. And she is a musician. She is a guitarist. She is a pianist. And she is creative. She will put all kinds of things together. Very, very creative. Uh, by the way, she's taken already. 
so, okay? Uh, but such a gifted person. And is she using her gifts? Is she using her gifts here? Yes. Isn't it pleasant to you? Isn't her worship life pleasant to you? Yes. That is stirring the gift and your gifts and us. So Sharon's doing an awesome job. And we don't thank her enough, but this morning we can thank her. Yeah? Yeah. <clears throat> and this uh, Jerry Sintas. Okay? Jerry Sintas. Um, she, he is the IT and campus director. Uh, but not only that, he is a business owner. He owns the Projector Central. Okay? But he, he is an engineer. He, he is a software designer. And he, he plays music. He can play bass or piano, guitar, drums, you know. Uh, but not only that, he, he, he's good at construction. I mean, this guy, I don't know. He must be God. The only thing you have to watch out is that uh, hide your candies. <laughs> that's the only thing I can say. Uh, if that is bad, I don't think that's bad in a way. Because he brings the candy to the office and everybody enjoys it. Right? But you can see his uh, footprint and handprint uh, in the ministry of our church. And you don't thank him enough. So I want you to thank him this morning. Yeah. And uh, uh, there is a guy named uh, Greg Robbins. Uh, I met him last year, right? And uh, he's our connection director. But when I first saw him, there was one thing that was predominant that exudes from his life was the hospitality. And, uh, uh, you know, our hospitality ministry has exponentially grown uh, in this church because of him. He's not that. He's an administrator. He subs as an administrator. Uh, and he helps in the finance of the church. He helps in construction. He's pastor's aide, you know. Uh, we drink coffee together. Uh, and I just want to let you know that he tries to play soccer also. All right? Okay? But you don't thank him enough. And you, you love this guy, love this man. So give him uh, praise. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Stirring the gifts in the church. So he'll come to you and say, can you help me with this? So your gift of service will be used. Gift of hospitality will be used. And, and there is one uh, more here, lady, uh, uh, Trudy, Trudy Crow. He, she is our administrator at the office. She's not just the administrator, if you look at it. She's involved in community service. Taking care of the homeless. Packing food for the poor during Christmas time. She runs the food pantry when people come here, you know. Uh, and she plays volleyball too, apart from that too, right? She's involved in summer grill, you know. And she's one of the bad women of the Bible. <laughs> Just wanted to let you know, right? And she does Zumba too. Yeah, so let's give him thanks and praise. Yeah. All the person that God has given to stir up the gift in the church. And, oh, I forgot one person. Oh, her name is Margaret Willey. Oh, she's so beautiful. Yeah. Uh, awesome. 
family life pastor. She runs the life group, discipleship, uh, youth ministry. Her background, she had the, that's where she went to seminary for youth ministry. And then she went back to uh, university to get elementary education, which is used in family life ministry. Uh, oh, oh, her background was in sociology before that. Uh, and she's a doctor, a student, and she's happily married. Sorry. What a great job that you did, right? Give them a big hand. Santa Clara First Baptist Church. So if I list all the volunteers, I don't have, we don't have time. We have to do it for a day. So I'll bring back some of the names that are not there. Oh, yeah. And then there's me. <laughs> Dr. Hyde and Mr. Jackal, right? Mr. Valui and Dr. Dubs, right? That's me. Give yourself wholly to hone in on spiritual discipline. Reading, praying, devotion, fasting. Hone in on that. So you can home in on Christ. Right? You hone your gift. So you can home in like a plane landing on the airfield. You home in the land. You home in on the Lord Jesus Christ. Daily spiritual practice. This is our spiritual CrossFit. Daily spiritual practice of spiritual discipline is required for growth and maturity. If you're not reading the Word of God, if you're not praying, if you're not fasting, if you're not meditating on the gifts that God has given to you, if you're not spending time with the Lord, you're not going to grow. There is no other way. There is no other way to do. So spiritual exercise is required for spiritual formation. Devote yourself to reading the Word of God. Devote yourself to reading the Word of God. This is where you're going to find balance of your life. This is where you're going to make wise choices. Because you grow in the knowledge and the wisdom. So you can fully walk in the fullness of God. So that when you constantly practice on these things, we will not be talking about basic elementary things all the time. Hebrew chapter 5, verse 14. Constantly practice these things so that we don't go back to the basics again. The elementary principles again. I want you to grow so you can eat solid food. Constant practice is the word there. Hebrew 5, 14. Constant practice. Constant practice. Spiritual muscle memory. Your spiritual crossfit. You're practicing reading the word of God. And praying. Loving other people. Serving other people. Loving God. Loving your neighbors. Constant practice. Meditate on the gift of God. Do you meditate on your gifts? Sometimes we meditate on the Word. When we say meditate on the Word of God and what the Lord has done for you, you meditate on those things. No, I want you to meditate on your gift. I want you to meditate on your gift of evangelism, gift of hospitality, gift of teaching, you know, prophetic gifts. All the gifts that God has given you. Gift of leadership, gifts of discernment, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. There are lots of gifts. 
Meditate on your gift so that you can be better at it. You can become effective in using your gifts. Use your gift and attend to yourself. This is necessary. Attend to yourself. So pastors, we, pastor has easy breezy life, by the way. I just want to let you know, okay? So Monday is my day off. So last Monday, since Monday is my day off, what do I do? I got up, and I had to write the church newsletter, right? So I'm, I'm after making breakfast for my daughter and dropping off my kids, and then I come and I wrote a newsletter for the church. And then we pick them up, bring them home, and the day thing, right? So Tuesday, easy breezy. We had a staff meeting from 9.30 to 12.30, right? And then we had to plan for the um, uh, trunk or treat. So by the time we came home, it was like 9 p.m. Easy breezy, right? Right? So on Wednesday, what do I do? Uh, I have to prepare for Wednesday Bible study. For my Bible study, and my wife was not well, so I have to take her to the hospital, right? And then come and lead the Bible study here, and then come and pick up my boys around 8.30. We come home at 9, you know, easy breezy day. Right, so and then the uh, and then I went to pastors clusters meeting too uh, to San Mateo, right? On Thursday, okay, I got to work on my sermon. I have to work on the church budget. I have to work on faith talk. I have to create PowerPoint on all those things. I have to make a sermon outline. I have to get it printed so everything is ready. Right? Easy breezy week. See, pastors don't do anything. Right? And so Saturday, okay, it's going to be a great day. I need some rest. And well, my son had to go for first tech challenge, and then we have to be there at six fifty a.m. Right? And today, Sunday, I'm here. My wife, my week is just easy breezy week. How do I tend to myself? How do I tend to myself? Where can I find God? In this kind of way. Where do I connect God? And I have to find my way to attend to myself. That's why I do it early in the morning. When I have that pocket, when nobody is there. I come to church. I'm probably the first to come to the office almost every day. There are sometimes Greg or some other people may come in earlier. But I'm here. I have a pocket of time where nobody is here at the church. And I read my Bible. And I pray. I connect with the Lord. And give what I'm going to do to God and ask Him to help me every day. And if I don't do that, then I'm not taking care of myself. And you are foremost in my mind. My life, apart from my family, is you, this church. I'm always thinking, how can Santa Clara First Baptist members encounter God in a real way? Not that you're not encountering. Okay? But how can they encounter God in a real way, in a very authentic way that God is just real, real to them? Everyone. So we persevere in the word and the gift and the doctrine to save ourselves and to save other people. So spiritual formation needs spiritual exercise 
You can't grow without spiritual exercise. You got to serve people. You may think that you're self-sufficient and you're master of your life. But in reality, we all serve somebody. Right? Uh, Bob Dylan used to say that, right? There's a song, serve somebody. Right? We all serve somebody. You may be a king, you still serve somebody. You may be a custodian, you still serve someone. I'm a pastor, I still serve someone. We still serve someone. I'm going to call Melanie and Roy to come up here. And as they come up here, I want us to get ready for the communion. The table is for all of us that loves the Lord. I'm going to ask the board members that are going to get involved in communion to come forward. And we look forward for our uh, worship team to minister to us. So Roy Melanie, when Paul and uh, Barnabas started their first ministry, they also have a church, and that church was in Antioch. And in the church in Antioch was the church where the first word Christian was used. So they gave them a right hand of fellowship. And the right hand of fellowship is this, is that we will support you in using your gifts for the expansion and the extension of your kingdom. That we support you in working together in the kingdom of God. And here is a towel to remind us that we serve a living God who created us. So Melanie, I want to welcome you to Santa Clara First Baptist Church and give you all the prayer and blessing in the full right to serve in the kingdom of God. Likewise, Roy Sr. at Santa Clara for Fat Teachers, we acknowledge your gift, your talents, and we want to give you a full support in expanding and serving the kingdom of the Lord. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when, when the communion is passed, don't drink or eat it so we can hold it together. And there are pockets in the chair, so you can put your cups in that pocket. Okay, so hold it until uh, we serve it together. Hmm? So on the night that our Lord Jesus Christ was going to be betrayed, uh, that he was going to die for our sins, he took the bread, he broke it, along with his disciples, and he said, this is my body. So this morning, we want to remember that we are a body of Christ. That when one of you hurt, we all hurt. When one of you joyful, we all are joyful. And I pray that to those are the hands of this church, to those